Scrollers, and welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios a Library, the show that we watch movies of Disney cartoons. As always, since I somehow managed to kind of get through that opening, we're just going to keep going. So, as always, I'm Jeff. I, I, I didn't distract you this time. I didn't jump you didn't. in. And Although you, know you are still <laughs> mid-introduction, and we have now derailed before you could even say who any of us are. Who any of us are. Oh, man alive. There's so many of us here, too. That's the thing. I, I, mm-hmm, only, I mm-hmm. only talk about the two main ones, but if you talked about all the 30 or 40 audience mm-hmm, members on mm-hmm, each mm-hmm, side mm-hmm. that's it's, listening to us talk. Yeah. And, the t- and, top shelf Disney Animation Studios is filmed before a live studio audience. <laughs> One day, TC. <laughs> One, One day. day. <laughs> it will be. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so I'm Jeff, as always, and joining me is the fantastic and fun and entertaining and awesome and great and amazing. Who, and who is this words. guy and what is he doing here? <laughs> and why are you talking I about I am me? TC, and I don't know if I live up to half of what Jeff just said. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> I forgot the word modest, too. So <laughs> We are back. We, we are, are back, back, ladies and gentlemen. After our two Did- weeks off of busyness, filming, and awardsing, and we are so back. Many, so many awards happened over the last two weeks as well. Just just all over the place. So many short films and awards and great fun things. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, it, unfortunately, like I said, we, we only intended that on being a one week. We were going to try to not even skip a week, but it just didn't work. And then... Well, unfortunately, we had to miss two because life just stayed busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that that means we come back strong. Like we've we've got some uh, energy brewing up from two weeks off, and we're ready to just just be really eloquent in the things that we. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Say. Ah, uh, say yes. Uh, I was just gonna say you. <laughs> TC, you've obviously not listened to this show because even if we had a break, I would not be elegant. Elegant. Life, life um, finds a way. Ladies and gentlemen, number three of the people who are watching us right now, Jeff Goldblum's in the audience, <laughs> and he likes to just chime in from time to time. So. Oh wow, look at that! You guys are <clears> doing a Luke. podcast. That's amazing! Wow. If y'all gonna do it, I want to do it too. <laughs> we can all yep. take turns. What? Sorry. This this, this <laughs> in in a some capacity lends to the movie we're discussing today because, and I'll let you introduce in the moment after I make this thought. This is the first movie that utilizes star power. Now, granted, yes. it is not stars that nearly anyone's gonna recognize these days, unless you're a geek for that sort of thing. But yeah. the movie we're watching today was actually advertised and used stars in it which is crazy because like nowadays nowadays i feel like disney and i will introduce in a second nowadays i feel (laughs) like uh, disney just like it it lives for its star power to be attached to films you know yeah yeah, it helps that is certainly something that's that uh, that pixar doesn't do i don't feel like pixar really like banks on their voice actors but that's something that surely dreamworks does and (laughs) disney does as well like with having the rock most recently but what, right. what are we watching, Jeff? What are we babbling about here? The well, people who have somehow listened to this podcast without reading the title of what they clicked on. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to blindly start listening to an episode today. What is it going to be? <laughs> well, the movie we watched this week was Make Mine Music from 1946. The first of these movies for me personally that I had never seen. Never seen period. it before. This is a new never experience for you. So this is a... a Fun musical fantasy in 10 parts. Yes. When that came up, I went, in 10 parts, this movie's only an hour and 10 minutes long. Mm-hmm. How short are these? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was like, I knew, I knew, okay, so as we've been discussing for the previous episodes, a lot of these, these are all part of the whole like uh, package movies that Disney's been making uh, because of the war. Uh, this is the one that, this is the first one that they released. This is the first one that came out after the war had ended. Is yes. That what I read? Uh, what, what's the what's the year of the release on this again? 1946. Yeah. So war, war's over. <laughs> war's over. Uh, however, because it was still like one of those that was in production, it was obviously in production during the war. But um, I, I I I lost my train of thought where I was going with that. And <laughs> you, you'd never you'd never seen this before. It's a package film. It's actually ten shorts. It's combined ten shorts. into one one film. But uh, it's, and it was it, crazy it, to think of like how, how like just they, they were very short. Like it, it wasn't like um, like Three Caballeros where there was where it was, you know, it was obviously like a lot of shorter vignettes, not even a lot. There's like a handful of shorter vignettes, uh, but there was like a still a, a through story. This is this is like 
Just like this is like a like a Disney's short collection is what this yes, really is. Yes, yeah. There, there's no no immediate connector to from one of these to a next to the next. It's no. just like it says up front. It's a it's a music a fun musical fantasy. That's that is how it's said on the poster and how it's advertised. <laughs> but and and it's so weird because like I got so I did get excited. So you you mentioned star power for this film. Uh, yes, and I, I, I had a one. feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling, Jeff, when you saw some of these names, knowing your record collection <laughs> and knowing your tastes, I had a feeling when you saw some of these names. So go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I might have geeked out a little bit when I saw that the Andrew sisters were in this because yeah. I, I like the Andrew sisters. <laughs> I'm like, yay! I'm like, Patty, because I'm a, I'm an Abbott and Costello kid. Like, mm-hmm. and the Andrew sisters were in like half of the Abbott and Costello movies back in the day. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I'm like, I got really excited about that. I saw Benny Goodman. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. That like, I'm like, I'm, when I was actually seeing that opening credit because again, I know nothing about this film going into it. Seeing that and then going, oh, wow, they have a lot of people in this movie that. I I know of like a lot of musicians or popular uh, artists from the day because uh, mm-hmm. I'm one of those like six people in the world that of my age um like I feel like I'm out of the I'm, I'm born in the wrong era like one of those things <laughs> <laughs> though, though it may seem this way to our listeners Jeff is not 70 years old Nope. Uh, and I di- I'm not 17. I didn't get like a vocal uh, vo- uh, voice box replacement at all. Nope. Totally. Um, though sometimes in some mornings I feel like I am mm-hmm. when I get out of mm-hmm. bed in the morning. Oh, man. Tell you. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> that got dark. Whoa. That got dark. Uh, <laughs> but no. So like it, w- it was a lot of fun seeing some of these names. And then I got actually very excited because I'm like, well, how are they utilizing these people? Um, you know, because really, this is besides it being just a collection of Disney shorts, it's almost like ten music videos. Yeah, I guess if you if you would consider music of the era it came out in, and what if there was an MTV, I guess <laughs> <laughs> I thought of it more as a variety show, something that would appeal to a theater going audience, so a live radio audience, something like the Prairie Home Companion, how you can see that live and you can also listen to it on the radio, mm-hmm. uh, that it's this, this, this eclectic mix of different styles of music of the era. It actually led me to wonder, who is this movie's audience? Like, wh- who is this intended for? Right. This is definitely not uh, – I, I can't see this as a kid's film at all. Yeah, the the dynamic animation to the 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 more animated pieces, the less music centric ones. There's a couple that are real slow. Dinosaurs, the Blue Bayou, and that's the second piece that really slow right. down and certainly would appeal to a much older, old, uh, elderly crowd. Even if I'm being honest, and right. It, but then the the dynamic animation of like the Hatfield and McCoys. I'm sorry, the Martins and the Coys and Casey. Yeah, let's at get this right here. Uh, first off, <laughs> that, the, 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 the 30s Hollywood in the 1930s and the 40s had this weird fascination with the uh, the Hatfields and the McCoys for some reason. And I, I, I I have no idea why. Anyway, well, continue. I, <laughs> the it, the intended audience for this. I don't. I I wonder if this movie more than the previous ones was intended for a family night out because there really is something for everyone in this that's and true that's, and like almost an extended family or, not, or yeah like a like a fuller family because it could be the kids it could be yep, the parents yep, and yep. it could be the grandparents and technically the grandparents. like exactly the what family i meant could yeah. go out yep it, it and it's but that's good and bad because opening up with the lighter fare of the Martins and the Coys, but then really slowing it down for Blue Bayou, the poem, and then picking it back up with the jazz interlude with the right. um, Casey at the Bat. Is that, is that one? No, no. Uh, the Cat. The Cat the one. The Cats. Oh, the I cats love that one. Were, they, I love that one as well. And I had to make a note of it. More Disney cartoon nudity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was a bit of that in this. There was um, <laughs> a little bit more of that in this in this film. Uh, just so, saying. <laughs> so like that once more uh, leaves me asking, who the heck was the intended audience in this? And I don't think it was kids. I, no. And I and I feel that in general, this movie more than more than the other seven we've seen so far is just a time capsule of Americana of the late forties, early fifties, like this, each short, the music, the animation, the, the, the subtle sexism of, of, of uh, how women are treated in this. Yep. It is 
it is very much Americana and even going so far as it's Americana in that let's forget about the war. Let's let's get oh let's get past this and back to what makes America Oh God! I almost said America great. I'm sorry. Oh boy. Oh jeez. Jeff, take the baton. I, I'm I'm uh, hyperventilating right here. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. I, I, I and you 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 worded it very uh, very good because that's kind of where I was trying to think of. I was trying to figure out if this was done in the way to make people kind of forget. Hey, look, the war is over. A lot of bad crap happened. Let's try to remember how you know uh, how proud we are. Like look at look at the world we're living in right now in a positive to spin and, and yeah. let's remember how we are in the you know in the mid 40s i definitely do i i yes i agree that that's probably what their intention was maybe subtly maybe that wasn't them going out being you know being like it's gotta be you know how great america is uh, well, or a time yeah, capsule not, of it but not an aggressive way right, by any right. means but the the young kids going out and swinging it up at the malt house the Casey at the ba- baseball, right? Uh, yep. At jazz itself. Jazz is an American – that's American music. Baseball is an American sport and with – it's not overly Michael Bay patriotic. It's not flag-waving. It's very sweet and earnest in its – in its in its sweetness and it's saying like hey look at the fun look at the fun times we can and will have i and i don't know how deliberate that might have been but that's considering the era it came out with out in i think that might be it having the andrew sisters having benny goodman and dinah shore all of that feels very positive and positively reinforcing hey it's great let's smile let's have a good time with the family let's all go out and have a good time Right, exactly. And then you have that segment, you had the Peter and the Wolf segment, which is, it was weird because we, while this is very much so like a snapshot of America and Americana mm-hmm. from, from the 1940s, you do have, well, t- I mean, Casey at the back kind of sound, I guess that sound, that's more old 1800s. That still works. They're, it's sung with like an Irish accent. Right. And, the and po- I was like, the, oh. Casey at the back, the poem itself is, is much older than this movie. That, that's an actual right. poem that they just lyricized and animated too uh, but, but then I like Peter and the Wolf yeah. the, you know mm-hmm. take it like that entirely takes place in Russia mm-hmm. yes you know like yes. it's a, it's not at all American I mean down to the fact that the bird which kind of looks a little bit like I'm not gonna lie I spent that entire second going he's gonna bust out into that at some point right like that's gonna happen that's I'm not crazy right <laughs> right and also opera being being such an oh, yeah. that's how the whole thing finishes off is with this grand opera of Willie the whale and that goes back to that appealing to everyone that they possibly can in each segment the Peter and the wolf is old world. And it's new world. It's right. Uh, Willie the whale is opera is old world. They're singing Figaro and it's also new world. Right. And then you had the two silhouettes segment, which was a ballet show. Mm, yes. Like yes. full blown. When we've talked about rotoscoping on this, uh, on this podcast before, because a lot of the early Disney, Disney films did some form of rotoscoping, especially yeah. for people of magic powers or non, you know, whatever. Like if we had Snow White was, I guess Snow White didn't have magic powers, but uh, the fairy godmother from Pinocchio did. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, and this is just that this is, this wasn't even, Hey, we're going to, we're going to put a cartoon character over top of it. It's just, Nope. These are just these silhouettes of two people dancing. Just ballet, flat out baby. Ballet. ballet. <laughs> and actually there's like one or two moments where I'm like, is that, did they even draw over top of them? Cause that just looked like it was just, just the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it actually kind of threw me for a loop once or twice, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you have all sorts of different, just totally different tones in this. And it's, it's. It's crazy that they did just they bridged the gap. So even it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter from, uh, your musical tastes, mm-hmm. you would still enjoy some part of it. I wonder if this uh, this okay. So we know that this was done economically because there weren't they couldn't develop this during the war. In fact, we won't right. see the films they could develop after the war for for quite a few more films. Well. You, We'll know, believe me, audience and Jeff, me, we'll know when we get to the movie that they they kicked ass in after the war, right? After the but, war, yep. But for now, we're going to see the movies that they had to develop during the war and and trickling out of it. Oh, shoot, where was I going with this? The, this it feels like a reaction of a couple things. And okay. I'm going to list them off and we will discuss. First of all, this is a much lighter 
and is more accessible Fantasia. True. Because you don't need to know classical music mm-hmm. when, you know, Fantasia was focusing heavily on classic, you know, cla- not classic rock. I was going to say classic rock, not classic rock. <laughs> I uh, want a classic rock Fantasia. Oh, man. would be kind of cool? Disney, get on it. <laughs> but no, like Fantasia, like Fantasia focused on the, the, the classical music, the classical pieces of, you know, of, of works from, from, from very yeah long gone musical or yeah, musical artist um whereas this one this one was trying to be the modern fan i feel like this is a more this is definitely a more modern fantasia yes yeah, i, I yeah. agree it doesn't have like fantasia comes off a bit strong in its presentation and its in its forced education not, not forced education i don't mean that to be negative but just in that it, it feels more like a lesson on music whereas make my music feels more it's lighter. It's accessible. It it's more fun. It's as advertised. It is a yep. fun musical fantasy. <laughs> it's more fun and also slightly more depressing in spots. <laughs> yeah, there, there is some. There is. I again, you got to go with context of the air it came out with. There's there's yeah. a lot of comedic death in this. There's yeah. there is an edge to a lot of these cartoons. It opens with a, with characters going to heaven and it closes with characters going to heaven. That is very true. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I completely I did not even make that connection. I completely forgot that the Martins and the Coys they they died in the first like minute of that car, of that short. There's there's more than <laughs> there's more than a handful of on-screen deaths in this. Now granted they're comedic <laughs> and animated, but there's still there's still an edge of death to this and and Peter and the Wolf is all about the hunts and survival and we might be looking a little further than we need to, and it might just be an apples and apple. But I'd like to think that Walt was smart. Walt Walt Disney was a smart guy, and he he found a very unique way to 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 project certain messages uh, through his films. And very true. I'm I'm sticking by it. You know, perhaps we're delving into theory territory because I don't know about you. I couldn't find any fan nope. theories about this one. <laughs> Granted, and then, this is a this is a movie not a lot of people have seen. <laughs> right, right. And, and then I even took uh, a page from your book where I was, I was thinking like Fantasia. I'm like, okay, how are all these connected? Is there a mm-hmm. way that because I did I looked for a theory too, and then I'm like, okay, there's not. Maybe there's uh maybe there's a way to connect all the stories. You know, like there's little bits and pieces I couldn't even find that because they take place in all different eras and all different Mm -hmm. tones and it it has to it must be thematically linked or not but i i'm my theory quote unquote as i'm throwing out there is that this is that's a representation of americana and survival and hope in despite uh, and kind of laughing in the face of death in a lot of these and there's all those little elements there that that are are there to analyze whether it's deliberate or not and i'm i'm choosing to see that particularly because of when this came out and uh and, and yeah <laughs> words words <laughs> no, Jeff. words are hard words are <laughs> tough but no i agree because like you, you like johnny fedora and alice blue bonnet is mm-hmm. very much so a story about um like loss and being alone and going through hard times and then in the end things will get better so yeah definitely like you said it it, it is it is that kind of the the entire film vibes are like kind of just rolls on this this concept of no matter how bad things are going to get things will turn out in the end it doesn't matter you know down to the fact that yeah willie the whale dies but he gets to he gets to do opera in heaven yeah <laughs> yeah exactly he, <laughs> well there, there's one other element i think perhaps you you, you tell me what you think of this could right. have played mm-hmm. a part in the style of more than half of the cartoons that we see in this movie and th- from everything we've watched of the eight movies so far this one feels like a looney tunes this yes. one I, and i wonder if they were trying to kind of catch some of that lightning that Looney Tunes succeeded so much on. There are elements of this that feel so Tex Avery, which I know isn't yep. even Looney Tunes. That's that's a MGM right. uh, with with Droopy and the Wolf. Um, and but I, still, is is along that same line. Like a lot of them were doing that, and yeah, he, it's not the same, but it's very similar. It's very close to that that yeah, same it's, tone. It's bigger. It's dynamic. The it, Goofy was the most animated, quote unquote, of characters we'd seen so far in terms of his his mannerisms and his his wackiness. And this one, the the Hatfields and the McCoys, Casey at the Bats, even Willie the Whale to a to a 
to a point. Though Willie the Whale does feel more Disney. But the the Martins and the Coys and Casey and the Bat feel very, very Looney Tunes. And Peter right. and the Wolf does too with, with a lot of the pun gags, uh, like the literal, the literal interpretations of what, um, our man Sterling Hollow is, uh, Sterling Holloway is saying. <laughs> I, you, you beat me to the punch real quick there, TC, because I was going to go. We have to have our, our, our <laughs> weekly, uh, Sterling Holloway alert because he was the narrator of Peter and the Wolf. That's I right. Got very excited. Once I saw him in the credit, I went, Oh, and I'm writing that down on my list <laughs> because this will be a thing. This is going to be a recurring segment every for, time. For Many years years to come. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and um, who he portrayed in this film. That's so, what made me that's what I loved about sorry, real quick. That's what I loved about the Peter and the Wolf segment was just I like listening. I like listening to him talk. His voice I, is so he just has one of the most soothing, just bedtime story voices ever. <laughs> exactly. It was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, sorry, you were going. Go ahead. Uh let's 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 look at each segment. I, I don't uh, we've we've definitely dissected this thing as a whole, but if you want, let's let's talk about each of these ten segments now. Okay, okay. So so the first uh, the first segment. I'll start it off then. Okay, the first segment was uh, the Martins and the Coys, as mm-hmm. we kind of already talked about. So kind of a retelling of the Hatfield and McCoy. Um, you know, feud, and I, I don't know how many people nowadays know. Anything well, about the Hatfields and the McCoys? There was the History Channel miniseries that the Hatfields and the McCoys. Oh, like that's five, five right. Or so years ago. And Bill Paxton, rest in peace, was in that. Oh, yeah. Bill Paxton. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> so there, there is something in this, and I don't know if you caught it, but this is this is more of a meta reference to you and I. Okay. I, I wrote a script for you for one of your New Prairie Universe stories, right? And right, I had a, right. And I had a know-it-all character in there. That discusses the origin of the of the soda Mountain Dew. Oh, okay. In the Hatfields and the McCoys. I'm sorry, the Martins and the Coys, they talk about grandpa being all sauced up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So for those of you listening who may want a quick little educa- little little uh, little bit of trivia, Mountain Dew was purchased by Pepsi. And Mountain Dew, yeah, this was back in the 50s, right? Mountain Dew yeah. was a, a slang term for moonshine from Appalachia. So <laughs> to appeal to Appalachian soda drinkers, Pepsi bought and made a, a product called Mountain Dew. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? There this you is go. a podcast where people learn, TC. <laughs> you learn things. <laughs> you come here for the Disney, you learn with Pepsi knowledge. That's what it is. <laughs> Uh, also, this segment brought to you by Pepsi Cola and Mountain Dew. Mm. Um, uh, all right, so you have two choices, Jeff. <laughs> you have Mountain Dew and, and crab juice. I have a choice. <laughs> oh, you didn't get. Uh, you didn't follow the reference. Oh, sorry. You didn't follow the reference. You know what? That's my fault. We're talking Disney, and here I am referencing The Simpsons. <laughs> How dare you? My mind is not ready for The Simpsons. Uh, all right, that's a so after, podcast. After Martins and Coys, what, what's next? We have. Blue Bayou. Yeah, blue, pu- yep, Blue Bayou. Yep. You want, now, did you want to talk about it? Or you want me yeah, to talk about it? I, I just want to say <laughs> it, this movie slowed down way too soon. Mm-hmm. To go from Martin Sequoia's to Blue Bayou was a, was a really big, like a really odd juxtaposition <laughs> because... Somebody slammed on the brakes. <laughs> yeah, and, and I worried. When that segment came up, I was like, Hmm. I don't know. I, right off the gate, I was like, oh, I love this. This opening cartoon's great. This is great energy. I'm really. And then, boom, slow down. Yeah. I almost wonder, they probably could have reordered these shorts. Since there is no actual connection, I feel like they could have organized them a little better mm-hmm. um, and not have that such a sudden stop. But yeah. then at the same time, I think they, they organized them so that way they could. They had an upbeat and then a slow and then an upbeat and then a slow and then an upbeat because that's definitely – it bounces back and forth that yes. way. Yeah, the first the first half of this is – it, it's that it's that fun, youthful, very cartoony, followed by something that feels much more like Fantasia, something more serious, yep. and and perhaps that's them learning from what worked about Fantasia, which was mixing it up. I just was right. a little a little put off right away by that that second segment. Now, Blue Bayou was intended for Fantasia. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be. Uh, it was supposed to be uh, set to the tune of uh, Claire de Lune. Oh you know, wow! 
I'm sure someone on YouTube has done that. <laughs> I, I started looking because I'm like, I want to see this. Because apparently, because I did some research on it, apparently both versions still exist. They have a version of it that is set to Claire de Lune. But, by the, but it, because it got cut from Fantasia, by the time mm-hmm. they got to here, they're like, well, there's they just put a new song to it because they didn't want to apparently do another classical piece of music. Mm-hmm. And so they did this the new uh, comp, the new song that's actually in the it, movie. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to seek that out because and this is a quick little tangent. They just this week released a, the finished version of a short that Walt Disney and Salvador Dali were animating together. So if you oh, want to see a very Fantasia-esque music segment done to the animation style of Salvador Dali, just hit Google and look for it. <laughs> it is this is <laughs> it, it is a visual representation of um, Morpheus falling in love with time, the the Ooh. embodiment of time. It's very. It's Salvador Dali, that's for sure. <laughs> but, but, but Blue Fantastic. Bayou, it slowed down, and you're, you've you've enlightened me in the fact that it, blo- it was intended for Fantasia because it really did feel like the Ave Maria <clears throat> segment of the end of Fantasia. Right, like it it it, it matched that animation style. Mm-hmm. It matched the pacing of Fantasia. It it looked it just yeah, it looked like it should have been in Fantasia. It almost kind of stands out from this one because all the other pieces in this film or in this yeah, in this film still have a very similar style to them. Yeah, uh, yeah except for Blue Bayou. That was the one that's like this looks more I guess we could say it at this point, old school Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, not as much as the modern, quote unquote, modern Disney where we are <laughs> in the chronological time zone world. But hey, they, they followed up Blue Bayou with one of my favorite pieces of the whole thing, which is all the cats join in. I which is the, the 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 kids run into the mall house, the little girl who wants to who wants to go out, but her older sister gets to the the oh the the dance cycles, the animation cycles in yep. in this segment, as well as uh, the first segment with the Hatfields and the McCoy, McCoys dancing segments. Now, for for those of you who might not be aware of how animation works, cycles, run cycles, walk cycles, it's where you can take, like if someone's running, you can just animate them doing their left foot to their right foot and then repeat that left foot, right foot. And you can repeat that animation in a cycle, saving yourself a heck of a lot of animation time depending yep. on how much you want to cycle. And the dance animation cycles in both the All the Cats Join In and the Hatfields and McCoys are so good because they are so <laughs> complex. Characters going in underneath each other and around each other. It's it's really good. It's really <laughs> and now, good. And, and now for our listeners out there who want to see the opposite of it, watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Uh, <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> it's a great example of seeing a very simple, and it sounds like I'm making fun of that. Don't think I'm making fun of that. I love the Charlie Brown Christmas special to death. Yes, yes. But it, the kids re- dancing during the theater rehearsal, the play rehearsal, mm-hmm. that's a very, those are very simple like dance cycles because it, to, you'll notice to, it's a little bit, it's like it's like a it's like a second to the right, a second to the left, and then mm-hmm. it's just looped over and over and over and over again. Like I, I wouldn't even use Charlie Brown as the worst example of that because <laughs> it, it works for Charlie Brown. the The most egregious uh, perpetrator of of lazy animation cycles is anything <laughs> Hanna Barbera has ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Just because they run past the same background like twelve times. Hanna like Barbera does the just the laziest. They were doing like flash animation by hand. It was just the this arm moves. It's it's oh boy. <laughs> but they had it smart. They're like, how do we make hit shows on small budgets? Oh yeah. yeah. Everybody just stands around, and then when they run, it they don't <laughs> move much. Yeah. Just their legs. Just their legs. Hey, with with all the cast joining, we get we get the Benny Goodman band just yeah, the Benny jazz, Goodman band jazzing it up. It has one of my favorite elements of any kind of cartoons, especially like the Looney Tunes ones, yes. where we watch you're... the pencil drawing the scene while the characters are running around in the scene. Like, yes. like at one point he has to the pencil draws a stoplight just so he can finish drawing the car yeah. they're driving in. Like, and then when it awesome. takes off when it takes off, the pencil breaks. That's so yep. fun. That's so fun. <laughs> I love that. 
that that one was ah oh, like that was that was the most upbeat and it was also I think it I think it felt even crazier and more upbeat because it came after Blue Bayou which was so slow and so mm-hmm. kind of drawn out and then you get that which is the polar opposite <laughs> of each other yeah it was it was almost like a whirlwind like it ended and i went holy crap what just happened i'm just i i i feel like i like classic cartoon style it would have just been me sitting there head you know head back eyes wide open hair back and then pieces of paper just like fluttering to the ground like (laughs) like that's how much it it just felt like it was a whirlwind to me what just happened (laughs) however though the movie does slow down again immediately after this which is then we went from Blue Bayou to the Alt the Cats join in to Ballad in Blue, another blue. <laughs> very, very just drastic changes. Just mm-hmm. a lot of and then and, and a very kind of a very another very slow and sad uh ballad because of it dealing with like a lost love and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. it was like, oh, oh, you had me so happy and now I'm all sad again. <laughs> but but after yeah. that Casey at bat. <laughs> yes, uh, I have very fond memories of Casey at the bat. I, this must have been a short. They must have played this segment on the Disney Channel. I've mentioned earlier that I grew up watching the Disney Channel, and there are. I just have a very, very strong memory of Casey at the bat. Mm-hmm. Casey at the bat feels also again like you have already um, stated earlier. Like it, it feels, it feels very much so like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, um, I picture, I almost would picture Bugs Bunny being out on the field. Like that's, <laughs> and I know, and I know very well that there are Looney Tunes cartoons with Bugs Bunny where there is baseball and themes and stuff yep, like that. Yep. So uh, him versus um, the em- the empires is one. Yes. Of them. Yeah, classic Disney, right? Or classic Looney Tune right there. It's just, it feels like that. It feels in that tone. And it's good, though, because I know a lot of the stuff that's been kind of that we've that at least I have brought up over the the handful of podcasts we've done so far or episodes we've done is that like the early days of Disney doesn't feel like a Disney thing to me and mm-hmm. this feels the closest to Disney I guess in my in my head even though it seems to be the closest to Looney Tunes <laughs> <laughs> well the 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 cartoonish elements of the crowd of Casey grinding his teeth or smashing his bat the way the pitcher does the wind up and the flick there's so right. much the, I, the animators must have had one hell of a good time animating this segment because every single thing that happens on screen is amusing. It's funny. It's dynamic. It's great, great, great animation. There's a crazy movement to it because I noticed one thing. One thing that I kind of dug that it happened so quickly and it and I was thinking about it afterwards. It was like near the end, right before the end of it, when uh, Casey swings at the ball and he misses and I, uh, if I and he like he flips himself over and he and he lands the bat like flips up in the air and i think it hits him on the head yeah boink <laughs> and and he falls over forward bounces and catches the bat in his hand and then stands back up in like a mm-hmm. really awesome dynamic movement that felt completely natural actually <laughs> despite yeah. it breaking all physics but just it was the it was great of it. great great cartoon physics is what it was i'm wondering do you feel i might be just looking at something that's not there that Casey in Casey at the Bat is a great Gaston prototype. I could see that. His, I could definitely see that. His attitude, <laughs> his his just his cockiness, even how he's his barrel chest and his broad chin and his his swagger and his hey ladies. It's just it's so Ultimately, Gaston. Right, and it ultimately ends up being his downfall. Like yep. it, it seems like there's a common thread in a lot in some of these <laughs> that whenever you're cocky and overly confident, that's when you yeah, it's your downfall. Uh, in this, it's his downfall. In Beauty and the Beast, it's literally his downfall. Um. Uh, ah, see what I did there? A little too soon. Uh, <laughs> forty-three or no, forty-four or I don't know, forty-five years too soon. I think. About, yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. <laughs> uh, but so, uh, so then after yeah, after that, what's next, TZ? Uh, Dinah Shore's segment, the dance, which was right. the this this was the ballet, right? I believe yep. this is the yep. ballet. Yeah. Yep. Where the rotoscope ballet. And I'll be honest. This is the one I actually looked away from the TV to 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 kind of like uh, situate my notes. It was a moment okay. in the whole thing where I was like, I'm not paying attention to this. <laughs> <laughs> See, and the one that I missed was without mm-hmm. you, or was the the ballad about lost love. That's the one that I missed. The one before, before Ca- be, be, Casey. The before band. Casey. Yep. Yeah. 
because I did that there. I was like, okay, this is sad and depressing. Mm. Nope, making sure everything. And then I looked up and I'm like, oh, Casey, okay, that one, okay, that's done. However, Diana Shore, Diana Shore, beautiful voice, beautiful song. Yes. She sings it marvelously, and it it said you don't have to watch the screen, right? And right. we've we've kind of discussed that in in some of in the previous seven we've watched that uh, with Fantasia you can just listen to it and enjoy it. Yep. And, Watching uh, it just gives you a, uh, an extra visual element that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you otherwise would not have had. But yeah. Uh, but as soon as you're you're losing faith, faith in this movie that they've slowed <laughs> it down for the adults again, we get Peter and the Wolf. Peter and the Wolf, which is, as you mentioned earlier, the most Looney Tunes of all the cartoons yeah, I, on this. I, per, perhaps. I, I actually think Casey at the bat might be the most Looney Tunes, but there's <laughs> there's – Peter and the Wolf, I, I feel might have been my introduction as a little guy into understanding musical themes, that characters okay. can have musical themes, that composers, if you think of like Leia and Han, have their theme in Star Wars, that right. that's, there are, that's a, a truly great composer will create little nuanced th- musical cues for certain characters of course the em- i'm using star wars again john williams is the master we're not gonna lie but the you know, the emperor is done the dun 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 and right. yep peter peter and the wolf as a cartoon represents that so well and and this one again feels like like fantasia or three caballeros and Sudos uh, amigos in teaching you here's what this song does these instruments exactly. represent these characters. Now let's watch the story unfold. And, and then you kind of forget because when I was watching it, even though, again, I was watching it and I know they taught me that and I know musical stuff. Like I know motifs. I, I'm well aware. Motifs. That, you know, that was the word motifs. I was looking for. <laughs> I was waiting to see if you were going to say it. I'm like, well, you know, you got it right. You said musical cues. That's right. That's, 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 that's what works. But um, I'm pretty sure that Lindsay was listening and probably yelling at She's the mic. Screaming. The, Just say motifs, you it's idiot. Motifs. <laughs> ah, writers. <laughs> you guys call yourself writers. Uh, <laughs> but no, like, uh, like, I, and even though that he had, even though that, that, that little educational lesson was at the beginning of Peter and the wolf i kind of subliminally sub, subliminally forgot that mm-hmm. i was taught that and then while listening or watch watching the movie like or the short halfway through it, i'm like oh yeah there's the there's the instrumentation and like it like i, I just kind of forgot that that was going to be in the piece yeah i'm not yeah. used to that much education in a, in a cartoon i'm sorry <laughs> well, I'm, when you have when you have sterling holloway holloway telling you something oh. you just kind of okay sterling whatever you say <laughs> i would listen to that man read the phone book that'd be fantastic i wonder if he has let me look for that <laughs> <laughs> well another thing that that peter and the wolf always makes me think of it's the wolf's theme is Scott Farkas's theme from A Christmas Story. That's a good point. I didn't yeah. make that connection either. Oh, see, this is why there's two of us, TC. If mm-hmm. it was just one of us, this would be a very boring podcast. <laughs> and and Lindsay screaming at us from the future. <laughs> from the future. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Welcome, uh, future Lindsay. Uh, so anyways, and for those of you returning from the AFI Top 100 podcast, that's that, Lindsay. Right. Now you guys know. Anyways. <laughs> so after Peter and the Wolf, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Peter. Peter and the Wolf was probably, was, was easily like one of my like, top like my favorite three segments from this mm-hmm. um my my favorite still a couple away well actually no it's oh, okay. a lot i just say all the cats join in was my favorite yeah um but uh my second favorite is two more shorts away so okay. well but, the uh, next up here we have after you're gone which is the benny goodman band right true yes yep yep and- uh this is the one where like the instrumentation so this is the second benny goodman piece mm-hmm. In this short, yep. uh, with the uh, anthropomorphic anthropomorphic exactly exactly instruments <laughs> that look like humans. Uh- <laughs> I love this. There's the one where the clarinet jumps out off of something, and he like takes his surface off to turn it into an umbrella, and he's a different color clarinet underneath. <laughs> or when the drums come in and they start chasing, it, it's so. This one's very surreal. It's very very much like. The, the earlier segments of Fantasia, which have the flowers and the Russian dancers during the Nutcracker Suites, 
Right. Um, but just, I can remember the fingers running across the piano keys uh, and uh, uh, just the, the, the cartoonish nature of all these instruments coming to life. Just, I, I have vague memories of that in my head. <laughs> And this was the first time I've seen this one. At least I have I have no memory of this one. I, I have the Casey at the Bat seemed very familiar to me mm-hmm. while watching it. So I'm sure just like you, I'm sure I've seen that. Peter and the Wolf, I've seen still frames of. I don't think I've actually seen that All seen right. that one. But like but in this one, I had I have nothing. There was no I got no actual memory of it. Now, whether that means I actually do, I have seen it. And I just don't remember it. That's a very real possibility. Uh, I can barely remember last week. So uh, I don't remember <laughs> well, that we took two weeks off. This uh, <laughs> this one with After, you, After You're Gone, the Benny Goodman uh, band sequence is, is so fun. It's so dynamic. It's like if you like jazz, there's a lot mm-hmm. to offer within this entire film. But the the Benny Goodman segments are the the toe tapping, you know, snap finger snapping jazz sequences that are just fun. Uh, just the song itself is fun, right? And and if and there is one thing like so, I, we were talking about how like um, it alternates between a fast pace and a slow, and a fast pace and a slow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was at this point that they broke that order. Yep. Yeah. It just kind of sw- it it uh, it went. Kind of from Peter the Wolf to this, it was two kind of upbeat ones in right. a row. To get to the one after that, which is my second favorite short, ah, which was a love Johnny story. Fedora and Alice Blue Bonnet. Blue, another blue. I, another I, blue. <laughs> surely there's some there's something to be said about all the blue here. <laughs> there's a lot of blue. Uh, there's blue all over the place. And this uh, one feels so Pixar. This one yes. feels like the two umbrellas. I can't remember which which Disney movie had the umbrella short before it. Uh, it was. Oh, yeah. It was. I think it was Monsters University. No, no, yep. Monsters University was Fe- Feast. Well, regardless, the um, the two umbrellas who find and lose each other is very reminiscent of Johnny Fedora and Alice Bluebonnet. Yep, I definitely agree. This one feels the closest to a modern day Pixar short. And it's it's funny because so that was one of the things I was thinking about while watching this as well is like I could I could see because they are so short, I could see where Pixar is getting their inspiration for some of their shorts, like yeah, the, the yeah. tone and the style being like it has to be just it can it, you know, it, it has to be a, it's a very simple story at the at the core, mm-hmm. um, but it has a lot of emotion packed into it. Very, very um, human, very human, very relatable story of of having and losing love and it, having it return to you after uh, I'll, I'm going to analyze it again from a war perspective that dis- mm-hmm. that Johnny goes through war <laughs> in this yeah. he, after he <laughs> loses his love and is is sent out there into the world and he's trashed and he's literally crushed and he he survives it and he comes back from it to find her again and and grow old with her that's the story of someone who's been to war exactly exactly and and what better what better artists to be performing the song that's related to that piece than the andrews sisters who did a <laughs> lot of touring for the war and was a big part of the you know like war efforts like the uso it's yeah the uso like it was very much so actually that's that that totally makes sense now that you bring up the allegory to the war, oh, man, wow, that actually that had a whole deeper level there that I was not <laughs> expecting until just now. <laughs> the, huh. There's one moment in the in the short though that that made me go, "What?" It's when <laughs> when the the homeless guy picks up the hat and then he goes to the I guess it's a is a burlesque show <laughs> and he's at the bar and he looks at the wrong girl and another dude comes up and they pull a gun on each other. <laughs> escalates so quickly oh that so escalated <laughs> as soon as that, it was that gun like, okay, came out I'm... <laughs> <laughs> that gun came out gunshots went off things started happening police started showing up the hat was gone that was down the river got trampled run over down the gutter and then it was found again by the horse it was like so I, what this happened? is the uh, animated equivalent of cold mountain with jude law i think is what we're, is what we're saying <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> no, like I, I just, I, I, but I, I really enjoyed this segment. It was mm-hmm. very sad. Um, 
I do know the whole like the one point that kind of <laughs> sorry. Besides that gunfight moment, that is probably the most ridiculous uh, <laughs> moment of it. But uh, the one little like fantasy of uh, Johnny and uh, Alice having uh, hats or having kid hats, yeah, uh, or baby hats, just kind of made me really question how that would have worked. <laughs> sorry, like I go there as an adult. I'm like how. There's a what's lot the, of things I need answers the, to. What's the science between two? You know, let's just not. You know what? Let's also, not she question. She had like a litter of hats. Is what she had. So <laughs> apparently, hats have the the same bodily systems as like Je- cats Jeff, and dogs. Jeff, where <laughs> yes. where do baby cars come from? <laughs> well, that's a tougher one. Uh, you know those little motorized ones that you find at WalMarts and Targets. <laughs> and uh, our last segment. yes move on to the last segment here uh the whale who wanted to sing at the met which Uh. sounds to me like a bad punchline for a a joke um or, or like the bad setup of a joke you know how do you get to the how do you get to the met um this segment i i'm not gonna lie okay so here's another one of those that i've never seen before i've i've never seen this 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 short before mm-hmm. i uh i was enjoying it i was liking it and i'm like okay this is cool first off quick sidebar do you think willie <laughs> is the more talented brother of the whale from pinocchio <laughs> <Of> monstro and, <laughs> and that's I, why monstro is so upset is because I, his brother was more successful jeff uh, you you read my mind i literally have a note about monstro and willie being brothers <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was the first thing that popped in i'm like oh i bet you they're related aren't they um but I'm not gonna. I, I won't lie because I had no idea what was coming in this one. I actually had the ending of it spoiled because I was looking up information while I was watching oh. the short, <laughs> and I like the first thing I saw was when Willie dies at the end. I went what? <laughs> and then I looked and I stopped reading and then just watched the last like minute and a half of it. Uh. Already depressed because I'm like I know it's coming. Poor How Willie. Does he die. He just like, wanted to sing. <laughs> And then I, I didn't realize that it was all just like a fantasy of him playing at the operas and doing all that stuff. And I'm like, well, how does he die then? Because he looks like he's doing so well. And then uh-huh. it cut back and I'm like, oh, it was all a, it was all, it was all a, just a fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> What's a twist? So yeah, a twist? This, this, this movie it ends on such a sour note because it ends well, with no, him I'm, dying. I'm, I'm going to go after this again. I'm going to go after this angle of of optimism that this movie seems to present despite the wartime that, that America was coming out of in that this, that Willie just dreamed of this, this beautiful future for himself. The, he had this, this Mount Olympus that he wanted to climb. And even though he lost his life by circumstances that were out of his control, he gets to go to heaven and live his dream for eternity. And if if I'm gonna keep looking at this from the angle of wartime optimism, yep. that think of how many men and women didn't make it home right. after the war, and that and that that sweet naive innocent belief that despite not getting back to what they wanted to, that perhaps somewhere out there in the ether they are living in a heaven of their own making. I don't, I don't that mean makes to br- sense. Yeah, uh, I'm I certainly don't want to bring the mood down, but I, I that is sad. But there's also a joy to that and ending the movie with that element. If we're sticking with my over analyses, <laughs> <laughs> I would expect nothing less from us, TC. That's what we do. <laughs> I was just trying to dissect how hats had babies. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the hats would also have those tiny little like baseball helmets that they used to serve ice cream in back in the day. Like, <laughs> hmm. Mm, um, hmm. Anyways. We've gone too far. <laughs> We've gone too far. You see, really? you see what we do, Jeff? That was our too far. <laughs> the, the, Jeff, this is this is just textbook you and I. As soon as it gets too serious, we have to somehow crack a joke to, to break the tension. That's true, because I don't like things getting serious. Serious is sad and scary. I like but, things being funny. What what did you think of this movie overall? Like this we it this was odd. This was much, much different of a conversation than we've had to the seven previous films because this is mm-hmm. ten short films in one with zero connector unless you go with the themes I'm connecting or right. the fact that there's a lot of blue in this. 
but <laughs> it's weird. As, Which still relates back to the war and the feeling people would have. <laughs> right. <laughs> how how did you feel about this film? You know, it, it's it's funny because before we started recording tonight, I had a very different feeling regarding this movie. Really? Okay. But now that we've sat and talked about it, and now that it's been, you know, it's I, I watched it last night at pretty much the same time. So I watched it 24 hours ago. Mm. Um, and I, I enjoyed it then. Like, it was fun. It was fine. Um, I wasn't going to, like, immediately be like, oh, it was that's the greatest one we've watched so far. Um, <laughs> and a somewhat Gilbert Godfrey-esque voice. But um, <laughs> it was the greatest one we've... No, so... <laughs> Willie I, the I, whale. Okay. I, don't, I don't do Gilbert Godfrey. I'm sorry. Such a great guy. There um, it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> had to turn away from my mic because I didn't want to blow your ears out. Anyways, um, also my neighbors upstairs love me. So <laughs> idiots talking like Gilbert Godfrey again. Mm. Uh, but no, like going into this recording, I was it was okay it was an okay film i it, it was fine there was moments that i liked there was ones i didn't like i said the slower ones i was like oh, okay fine i don't i can appreciate for what it is it looks beautiful but i wasn't gonna just be like that blue bayou is the greatest moment of the entire film i wasn't gonna do that mm-hmm. but like now after we kind of went through it all and i was able to let it soak in and come back at it from from a break. I actually I really did enjoy this. I really did enjoy this movie. Yeah, it's, it's it was I'm fun. Le- you've having the conversation with you has also made me appreciate some of these segments that I didn't think I didn't think of a certain way until we started conversing about it. I had made little notes about Americana and and the and how to connect the themes of this. It was the in in the midst of our conversation. I've we've developed this idea of the wartime reactions, the optimism there. And, and I've maybe I appreciate this movie more than I realized when we sat down to watch this, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like it. What Jeff, where do you place this in your top? <laughs> <laughs> no, you did it to me again. Uh, <laughs> you, do you want me to go first? Cause I actually did number it myself. I actually had yes. my answer ready. So uh, <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> the, the down moments in this, the Blue Bayou and the the Ballad in Blue and the Dinosaur, those, those moments that kind of slow down and, and I lose my attention to are similar to the vein of in Three Caballeros and Saludos Amigos where there are part, parts of that where I kind of, eh, okay, I'm, not, I'm, I'm less interested now. You're kind of losing my attention. But the mm-hmm. way make my music wins me back every time really makes this movie better than those two. And I'm, and I'm placing it as my number five below Fantasia <gasps> and above Ooh. three Caballeros. Ooh, interesting, sir. Yeah. I, I, it, perhaps it, it could be because I have essentially built my career at this point on making short films. I, I have a deep love for Looney Tunes and Calvin and Hobbes and the fun of short comedy and this movie make my music really represents a lot of that of, of what developed my, what, uh, how I developed my sense of comedic timing and joy of animation. So yeah, I'm, I'm putting it below Fantasia and above three caballeros. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, I feel like we actually have very similar, um, Similar thoughts about this. Uh, I am, I am putting it as my number six. Okay, uh, which is just like you, right behind Fantasia. Okay, all right. Um, because I still, as much fun as it was, I still do like the music. Oh, it's but it's so mm, shite. <laughs> I'll give it to you this, Jeff. The reason I don't have it higher on my list is because it's short content. Pinocchio still stands as the best on this list of what we've watched so far, in my opinion, and as well as yours, Jeff. If I'm not speaking for you, you can tell uh, yep. you can tell me stop. But in that Pinocchio is a complete story. It's a film unto itself. It's it has a it's it's an entire package. It's a full feature film that right. is the pinnacle of what Disney is able to do. Four features. Make Mine Music right. is the pinnacle of what Disney can do with shorts. 
True. And yes, I'm going to hold true to mine. I'm going to put it below Fantasia. So it's going to be my number six because Fantasia edges out because of the masterful masterfulness in 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 the art that it did the animation the that it did for that yeah. the presentation is just fantastic in fantasia i and i as much as i do really love like i like a lot of jazz i like a lot of like andrew sisters and a lot of that style type of music as well uh and as funny as you know lots of segments of make my music uh were and you know just overall i i just i still think fantasia is a little bit better mm-hmm. um in this tone so it's, yeah i'm gonna make it's it far, my number six yeah fantasia is a bigger achievement so yes for that reason definitely. alone it it's certainly has good reason to be above something like this though uh, this li- it's always hard to do lists for me because some of these are so close sometimes that i'm really hemming and hawing like it's just just edging out one over the other sometimes but yeah there there we go there we've, we go. we've listed it. <laughs> <laughs> we've done the list portion of the, uh, the uh, was there any other thoughts or comments you had regarding this film? Just overall, I don't really have any uh, theories as we discussed about, uh, Oh, right, right. you know what is, is what this, I guess we kind of talked a little about of it. Is this appropriate? This is appropriate for children, right? There's nothing in this that's bad. No, no. I, at the very worst, I feel like there'd be trouble much like Fantasia trouble holding the attention of kids for mm-hmm. portions of this, but there are those segments that are more entertaining or as entertaining as say the hippos and the alligators or the sorcerer's apprentice. That's there. There's Casey at the bat, the, the Martins and the Coys, the, the Willie, the whale, they're the animated sequence of this that are very cartoonish. Th- those could hold a kid's attention, but I, I don't, yeah. I, I, I feel like this is a very niche movie in some respects because of the jazz and there are people right. who hate jazz <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that, and that I will, could and I will, lose people <laughs> <laughs> i'll definitely say this I, I i can i understand why this is one of the lesser known disney films i completely understand yeah why. this is this is by no means a classic at all and no. the fact that this is so hard to find is proof of that. Uh, yep, because this is definitely like you can you argue you can argue a lot of Disney movies, especially once we get to those that uh, were made after the war. A lot of those films rarely do anything in them that date them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the for the time period that they were made in, that's the biggest thing. Because uh, they he kind of like Disney kind of started going away from from movies set in the present era and i mean they even i guess really you argue snow white and Mm -hmm. pinocchio and those weren't didn't take place in the modern era either uh but once they get back to that type of film you don't have movies like 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 saludos amigos which is very much so a snapshot of what it was like uh you know what south america was like in the 1940s and make my music which is 1940s music and culture you know in some of them um you you don't get that in a lot of later ones and i can i think that's a that's a giant hindrance because people nowadays aren't gonna pick this up and be like let's see what 1946 was like you know and <laughs> yeah. just you know, people aren't going to be interested to do it you know yeah unless how, you're of that age i do feel though this might be one of those movies that if you show it to the right person they'll love it this this oh, yeah. could be we yeah we live in a very add society and a very add time and it's easier for for people to digest short things so to stick some of these shorts in front of people that already have somewhat of an appreciation for the Pixar shorts, for Looney Tunes, they're going to like this. This this is one that's going to capture some people's attention and and stand out. It won't be a oh, classic. Yeah. This will never be a classic along with, with Snow White and Pinocchio. But at the same time, there are some really amazingly cool moments throughout this whole film. I agree entirely <laughs> so, well i do have uh, a comment actually this comment came from more than one person so i'll just make it a generalized comments which okay. comes from our previous two episodes and uh, if you'd like to comment at us you can comment us on the facebook page or you can tweet at me at tc's big head or you can tweet at jeff at random bell and the comment that was made to me by more than one person was for three caballeros and saludos amigos 
Now, mm-hmm. with Three Caballeros, I mentioned that kind of odd theory that the movie was about exploring Donald Duck's uh, interest in <laughs> the gentleman, if you will. Yes. We, we missed a very obvious line, lyrical line from both the, the theme song of Saludos Amigos, which put a gay song in your hearts, and the Three Caballeros, Three Gay Caballeros. <laughs> <laughs> it just I goes hit. to show you how messed up our world is nowadays. Now, come on, people. They don't mean gay like that. They mean but, gay like happy. But the <laughs> the modern nomenclature of gay, meaning homosexual, was mm-hmm. was at the start of the popularization of that term, meaning that, was in the late 30s, which was oh. before these movies came out. Now, that's not to say I support this theory. That's oh. not to say that... <laughs> That I am interpreting them saying gay as gay as gay as a modern sense, but it is funny <laughs> that I had two people. I think Thomas was one of them, and and he even he said I don't subscribe to this theory, but it's worth mentioning. But I had another friend point. who who was a little more aggressive about it, who was saying like, I shouldn't say friend, a commentator to say, say, of course it's about gay. It says it is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, modern people. Uh, yes. <laughs> no. So I, no. That's, uh, that's, that was my one comment from, from previous episodes. <laughs> that is super silly. I just want to stress that is super yes, silly. <laughs> that is very super silly. And uh, well, But we, you know, we have to bring them up. We have to mm-hmm. examine all possibilities, TC. Yes, yes. I, uh, even if with, they are to immediately disavow them and never hear from them again. I'm, I'm uh, curious <laughs> to see how people respond to... I'm going to keep calling it my my maybe my over analyses of make mine music. If uh, if there's anyone else who wants to subscribe to my idea of this post war optimism, so that, I'm more interested Definitely. in that than whatever Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros were trying to push on the people. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't shove it down our throat, Disney. <laughs> you know what? I don't want to get. I, and you can feel free to cut this if you want. But there is a reaction right now to Beauty and the Beast, the the live action Beauty and the Beast that's uh, oh as, as of this recording is coming thing. out soon. And there's people yep. who are upset that Lu, not Lumiere, um, uh, Nafu mm-hmm. is gay. Ooh, and Ooh. my favorite Sorry, meme. What era do we live in? <laughs> my my favorite <laughs> meme. My favorite response to that is, I can't believe people are upset that there's a gay character in their woman on Buffalo love story. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Real quick, that means more people are okay with bestiality than they are with homosexuality. Uh, people, people, people. That's it. I'm going to go live as a hat. That's right. And have hat babies. So any, any, commentary, well, any comments or tweets from you, Jeff? Nothing from me. You, uh, you, 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 you did it. <laughs> No, nothing from me. Uh, not that I could find this week. We was kind of you already kind of uh, discussed most of the stuff for <laughs> this week. Uh, but uh, yeah, as CC already said, if you guys had any comments, by all means, Facebook.com slash Top Shelf Pod. That's the Facebook page. You guys can subscribe to us there and lay, leave us all sorts of comments. And that's where we'd let you know if we have to end up missing a week again, like we mm-hmm. did these last two weeks. And and my attempt at an apology by posting a very cute picture of a cat and dog sleeping. Aww, yeah. uh, it, was, it was so cute. I'm like, don't don't be mad. Look at cute cat and dog. Next um, time, next time you have to post one. I have this gif of a porcupine eating a banana. That is the cutest thing you have ever seen. That's going to be the next one. Now we need to take a week off just so we can post it. <laughs> just not anytime soon. Just not anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. And if we totally miss next week, not my fault. So uh, <laughs> next time, however, speaking of next week, next movie on the list is the 1947 uh, short. It's another one of these, right? I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's right. another package uh, film. It was developed during film. it was developed during the war. But the uh, the 1947 film Fun and Fancy Free yeah i've never seen this one either so this is gonna be kind of fun (laughs) i will ninth movie on the list tc we are approaching that 10 spots Uh, i will say for the listeners that once again if you have trouble finding fun and fancy free you can find it somewhere on youtube okay (laughs) keep in mind keep in mind that in order for things to go on youtube like this they have to slow down or speed up the, the timing on it, just ever so slight, like a few percentages here or there. 
So I recommend going onto the Wikipedia, their IMDb or the IMDb and and finding what the runtime of Fun and Fancy Free is and then find the closest to that runtime on YouTube. And then you'll be able to watch the movie and enjoy and join in the conversation. Yeah, there you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, for those of you that have Amazon Video, it's currently two ninety nine on Amazon oh, Video. It so. is. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that whole illegal thing I was talking about, just get on Amazon, Jeffrey. I just, I just wanted to cover our bases, and that way, in case somebody was listening, I gave the legal way of finding it. Don't Did you, worry. YouTube, YouTube is legal. Uh, it's the thing. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I and with that, you oh, see. Boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think that's time for us to sign off for this Sad. week's episode. <laughs> so, thanks everybody for listening to the show. Uh, we really do appreciate y'all tuning in every week and taking a gander at it. Tuning in because we're live on the radio. And that's right. We're not thank, live on the we radio. We want to thank the live studio audience as well for being yep. here. Thank um, you, Jeff Goldblum. Special guest stars Jeff Goldblum, Gilbert Godfrey. Um, Owen Wilson showed up. Owen Wilson showed up. Yep. And uh, Christopher Walken for that great, uh, those great, great opening lines. See, we had four. <laughs> I said we had 30 or 40 listening on each side. We had four of them show up today. More will show up next week. I'm sure of it. I, and, I, uh, I can only hope so. Y'all can come back again next week, right? Okay, they're all being very silent right yeah, now. Yeah, so. they're, they're shy. They're shy. Yeah. <laughs> they're shy. They don't like being known that they're on the radio. But with that, everybody, I hope you guys all have a fantastic week. TC, thanks for joining. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> and uh, we will, we will, we'll see you. We'll see you next time when, when we, when, when, when the next, when the next time you hit play on, uh, on, we'll, it, it'll be us. It, it'll be us. It could be, it could be within thirty seconds. It's you. You Who don't. Knows? You don't know, Jeff. You know what this was? This was what? our greatest sign off yet. It was. It was actually the most professional. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. (laughs) This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at (laughs) www.ghosthat.net. I like the ending.